Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable human centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Okay, so here is a throwback memory that some of you may be familiar with. For decades, there was a phone service in Northern California that would read you the time if you dialed up a number. It was called Popcorn, or 767-2676 if you want to be boring about it. When you needed the exact time, you could dial up this number and an automated message would play. At the tone, Pacific Daylight Time will be 12... Because we spent a lot of time calling Popcorn. I still remember her voice. At the tone, Pacific Daylight Time will be... And if you were inside the BART station, you could look up and you could see what time it was. But once you were outside the BART station, you were oblivious to what time it was. So then you just find a payphone and you just dialed popcorn. And that's how you knew if your mom was late or when the next BART train was coming. It was a handy service for a while. But in 2007, popcorn went dark. We're sorry. You have reached a number that has been disconnected. or is no A Bay Curious listener named George wants to know why. Today, we're looking at the history and ultimate demise of popcorn. This episode first ran on Bay Curious in 2021 and is one of our team's all-time favorite episodes. Stay tuned. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hi there, I'm Randa Fattah from Throughline. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. Reporter Christopher Beale takes us inside the wonderful world of popcorn. Afternoon. Pacific Daylight Time will be. Telephone service began in this country in 1878. That's Peter Amstein. I am the president of the board of directors of the Telecommunications History Group. In the years following Alexander Graham Bell's invention, phone service starts to spread across the country, and those earliest phones were connected by operators. If you wanted to make a call, you would pick up a handset and talk to a human who would manually connect you. This is information. May I help you? Yes, I'd like the new number of Wilson's Meat Market, 1191 Sycamore Street, please. One moment, please. 
The phone company wanted to be friendly and helpful, and certainly if the operators weren't too busy and had time, they would answer all sorts of questions for people, including about what the weather was. And the current time. In those days, unless you had a good wristwatch or a clock that you actually remembered to wind, you may not have had completely accurate time on you like we do today. That's where the operator came in. Starting in 1870 already, Western Union, who was the telegraph company, offered a nationwide highly accurate time service where they would install a clock in your business that was controlled centrally by their master clock in New York City and represented super accurate time for the day. You might find this type of clock in a railroad station and the phone company would have had one as well. So this wasn't an official service, but if you called the operator and said, hey, what time you got? She would tell you. And that was pretty much the norm until 1918, when our planet's last great pandemic made its way through the population. The Spanish flu killed hundreds of thousands of Americans. The country was at war with an invisible force, and communication was a really important weapon. Those early operators became, you might say, essential workers. The phone company started putting notices in the newspapers telling people the operators would no longer answer questions like what time it was because they needed them to concentrate fully on connecting people's phone calls. By the time the Spanish flu ran its course in the early 20s, some cities were experimenting with a semi-automated live time of day service. And this was a doozy. To get the time, you would dial a number and be added to a very brief queue. This machine would play a beep every seven and a half seconds. You would hear the beep and be connected along with all the other callers in the queue. And then a human being, always a woman, would be sitting at a desk looking at a clock and reading out the time live and then waiting for the beep and then reading it out live again. Can you imagine this being your job? At the tone, it will be 9.55 and 45 seconds. At the tone, it will be 9.56 and I'm already bored. In addition to being boring, this just wasn't a feasible long-term answer to the need for time. The world was changing rapidly and a completely automated solution was needed. The good news is the phone company already had some useful technology just laying around. I'm sorry, your call cannot be completed as dialed. Called a drum recorder, these machines were used to play back repetitive messages on the phone, like... If you'd like to make a call, please hang up and try again. I mean, we're talking about early tape deck technology, but that tech inspired a man named John Franklin. Who was the proprietor of something called TikTok Ginger Ale. To create his own ad-supported time-and-date phone service, the first of its kind. He used one of the phone company's drum recorders and modified it so that it would always announce the current time. John Franklin's invention would help him found the Audicron Company in the 1930s. And the technology that they created was installed in cities big and small across the country. Audicron would hire actresses to read the times and dates and even sponsors in some cases. More money comes your way when you save with First Federal Savings and Loan. And then that modified drum recorder technology would handle the playback. In each region, the time service would have its own dedicated line, or in the case of Northern California and popcorn, 30,000 dedicated lines. More on that in a second. 
The announcer in Northern California's recordings, lovingly referred to as the Time Lady, from the 1960s to the very end was Miss Joanne Daniels. Good afternoon. At the tone, Pacific Daylight Time will be... I think this is so cool. As the Time Lady, Joanne had a sort of a general American accent, but in real life, she has a Southern accent that she can turn on and off. Since we're having a friendly conversation, I'm just being myself. (laughs) Joanne talked to Steve Rubenstein of the San Francisco Chronicle from her home in Atlanta in August of 2007. AT&T has announced here in Northern California that it is canceling the time service recording as of September 19th which is more or less the end of an era. And uh, Miss Daniels, is this a distressing day out here in California? Is it distressing for you in Atlanta to hear this? It certainly is distressing. I feel like I'm fading away. There are likely two main reasons why popcorn was abandoned. The first has to do with the way the number is dialed. You would start with your area code, 510 or 415, etc., and you'd dial 767. This was the pop in popcorn, and it worked all over Northern California. Any four digits that you dialed after 767 would get you the time of day service. And we're not talking about just one phone number in each area code here. We're talking about tens of thousands of phone numbers directed at popcorn. That was a, a technical shortcut for them. By eliminating that shortcut and popcorn. They were able to get 30,000 new phone numbers. The other main reason popcorn and similar services across the country began to go away is the prevalence of new technologies, like our cell phones, which always have the correct time, but are also always listening to us in a not at all creepy sort of way. Hey, I heard that. You can do multi-finger gestures on it. In 2007, Steve Jobs announced the first ever iPhone. And boy, have we patented it. (laughs) And just three months later, time caught up with popcorn and AT&T pulled the plug. Joanne Daniels told the Chronicle that she thinks that's really sad. I think it's filled a need for a lot of people that aren't quite as modern (laughs) as the trend is going. Are there still any of these time of day services in operation today? Oh, sure, yes. For example, you can call the U.S. Naval Observatory in Washington, D.C. at 202-762-1401. And you can also call the National Institute of Standards and Technology's time of day number in Boulder, Colorado. There are also still a fair number of advertiser-sponsored local time of day numbers. Including, by the way, 415-popcorn in San Francisco. The time and temperature is coming up after this. Where today you'll find an ad. Are you prepared for emergencies in your home? The date. Today is Friday, November 27th. And the time of day. 3.54 p.m. What's the time, date, and temperature? Of course, these days your smart home or smartphone's digital assistant can give you the date, the time, the weather, and more. In San Francisco right now, it's 63 degrees. But... We will never replace the popcorn. Time lady. She was the best. I'm going to miss being with you, and I would like to thank everyone in San Francisco for listening to me for all these many years. John Franklin's TikTok ginger ale would fade into obscurity, but Audicron is still around to this day, making computerized automated phone services under a different name. Apple did all right with their iPhone. And as of December 2020, Joanne Daniels is retired 
and living in Atlanta, Georgia. The time in San Francisco is time for me to say goodbye. Reporter Christopher Beale. We are sad to share that Joanne Daniels died in February 2023. She was 91. In her obituary, it said she always had a smile on her face and was a joyous influence to those around her. That's all for today, folks. If you enjoyed this story, maybe it brought back some warm, fuzzy memories, do us a solid and share it with a friend. We rely on word of mouth to grow, so everything you can do helps. Thanks. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. This episode was produced by Katrina Schwartz, Christopher Beal, Susie Racho, Katie McMurrin, and me, Olivia Allen Price. Additional support from Jen Chien, Katie Springer, Cesar Saldana, Maha Sanad, Bianca Taylor, Holly Kernan, and the entire KQED family. We're off next week for the holidays, but we'll be back in the first week of January. Thank you all so much for listening, and I wish you all the joy and peace in these final weeks of 2023. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks.